Hi, I'm Caitlin Prest, and I am here in your ear to tell you about a very incredible new show called Asking For It. Asking For It is a darkly comedic series that follows a queer femme singer whose history of violence finds her no matter how many times she runs away. It has an original soundtrack, and it'll make you laugh, cry, and feel a little bit less alone. Asking for it. Subscribe now. This is a CBC Podcast. Music's always been present, I think, in my life, for sure, in some way or another. Like, I definitely, you know, remember being a small child like anywhere from the ages of five to eight and basically falling asleep to my parents playing music together like my dad playing the piano my mom singing or my mom playing the piano and singing like we always had a piano in our house like I think that was kind of like in my family something that you had to have you had to have a couch a fridge and a piano Hey, I'm AC Rowe. This is The Dog Project. And that's Brendan Kinley, frontman of the hip-hop group Super Duty Tough Work. The song you're hearing is The Famine off their latest album, Studies in Grey. The band is an eight-piece ensemble with horns, drums, bass, guitar, and keys. And they have this tagline that I kind of love. Our tagline is golden era taste, current era based. Golden era taste, current era based. That's a nod to essentially the past, the history, but also saying that we are, you know, fully in the present and looking to the future. It's a tagline that describes way more than just their music. But we'll get to that. I first discovered Super Duty when I lived in Winnipeg a few years back. I'd see Brendan play around the city at parties mostly. And I always had this one question. Why had I never heard of this guy before? I am a Canadian music nut. You know that person who is deeply familiar with the B-sides of jazz records that only had three pressings in the 40s? Yeah, that's me. But with Canadian music in general. Way before I lived in Winnipeg, I knew the city's music scene. But I'd never heard of Brendan or Super Duty. And it's not because they're not good, because, I mean, in my opinion, they really, really are. But Brendan has a theory. No one is really checking for the hip-hop music that's coming out of Winnipeg. That's almost an oxymoron in their opinion. So there's that gap that's there for us, that has always been there for us in trying to be, like, essentially taken seriously. But maybe, just maybe, that's about to change. Today on The Doc Project, this is a uniquely Canadian story of a hip-hop group from the prairies who are taking their shot. And the sharp, contemplative frontman, Brendan Kinley, who looks to the past to find inspiration for the future. A guy who's figuring out where he fits while he leads a group teetering on the edge of a national breakout. We're trying to make it happen. 
This talk's cheap, they respect the action So my pen is like I'm signing these checks Make paper out my passion Cause there's so many broken, talented cats That's slow to get started Trapped in smoke-filled apartments We go from dirty carpets to blurry margins Sleep too deep to sleep My enemies drop death's charges And beg for fresh starts when they don't get the target They watch as we bless bars with our blood, sweat, and tears Years while my peers invested in careers and salaries Job status and family trees Others went on to cop master's degrees while we sleeping by the easel, painted out this dirty masterpiece, and yeah, we make it look so Winnipeg easy, journalist so Megan Mast will take it from here. What's up? What's up? I met the band in June at their first practice since COVID 19 had arrived in Manitoba. They hadn't seen each other for weeks, and spirits were high. Fine. We'll just make music. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Music First rehearsal ever. And I was like, no, we should drink instead. <laughs> they had just received word that their album Studies in Grey had been nominated for the Polaris Music Prize. The annual award honors the best Canadian album of the year. Once the band is nominated, the Polaris jury chooses 40 artists for the long list. After that, the nominees are whittled further down to 10 artists for the short list. From there, a grand jury votes on a final winner. The long list would be announced in a couple of days. The band know they're being considered, but have no idea if they'll make the cut and become one of the official nominees. It's a huge honor and opportunity. I mean, yo, it is validating. From a Canadian industry standpoint, this is a very validating achievement so it's dope because the city isn't a metropolis with easy access to industry people like toronto or vancouver or montreal local musicians often find it challenging to move beyond local fame to national success so when brendan heard super duty was being put forward for consideration by the polaris music prize it came as a bit of a surprise i understand why you know uh, folks outside of Winnipeg in major cities are not thinking of Winnipeg as a major hip-hop hub or producer of high-quality hip-hop. And generally, I'd say that that's accurate. That is fully accurate. And I might even think, I might have had, I might have or have had the same opinion. You know what I mean? So I understand. But our project is very different and that's why it stands out here and beyond the group started out as a party band and seeing them play together this is obvious but there's a gravitas and complexity to their music the band is marisol ashley kevin olivier gabby and then anthony and amen everyone has their own lane essentially and they all bring something different to the table i'm the leader driver this main decision maker yeah i'm making sure that like we make good choices and yeah don't do any whack corniness that we keep it you know 100 percent b-boy approved 
While he has family here, Brendan isn't originally from Winnipeg. He was born in Ottawa, lived there until he was nine, and then his family moved to Switzerland and then Germany, where his parents still live. It might sound counterintuitive to move to Winnipeg to pursue music, but that's exactly what Brendan did. He went to school for jazz performance, his main instrument, the jazz drum set. But pursuing music hasn't always been easy. I have been resistant to follow this path and because like man being a musician is a hard profession and in the context of like the greater like world or the way that society values and um respects people you know being a musician unless you're like a grammy award-winning artist which even then you know that could be argued but unless you have these certain accolades that are essentially markers of success then they don't offer you that same respect and value essentially and for better or for worse that has always been in my head and made me reluctant to really be pursuing music even though that's what I've been doing but at the same time I'm always thinking like why am I doing this what am I doing you know should I just you know go back to school and get a master's in sociology right like why would I even do that the only reason I would do that is because when you say oh I have a master's that awards you a certain something um, that has been like a cloud that has been over me. For all the pressures Brendan feels, trying to be taken seriously, balking at music even while giving it everything he's got, he has one secret weapon that he seems to draw strength from. Seeing the history of music in my family and you know, the role that is played in their lives and then therefore my life, I think that that is quite powerful and that, um, yeah, you know, now that I'm able to realize that, I'm able to like hopefully harness that power and, and hopefully be successful. <laughs> yeah. Brendan has a connection to a long legacy of musicians on his mom's side of the family that spans generations. There was his uncle, Jerry Atwell, a pillar of the Winnipeg music scene. Jerry was a keyboard player and sometimes vocalist with several bands, including Ministers of Cool, Rockalypso, The Boogie Nights Band, and Voice of Boom. Take a listen. This is Voice of Boom with Just Like You. Girl, I met. She was a friend of a friend. I asked her if and when I could see her again. She was kind of shy, but a blue eyes stayed what I wanted to see. I was quite elated. As a child, like our, his band, Voice of Boom, was touring across Canada and they came through and visit us, you know, and it was like, oh, it was like so cool. Like, oh, my uncle's band, my uncle's in a band and like they have a record out and like they're touring. Looking dude was a boyfriend. 
he's a Juno award-winning artist. I remember watching the video, you know, and the Juno sat on my grandparents' piano. That was when he was playing with the group Eagle and Hawk. Jerry was with them in 2002 when they won a Juno Award for Indigenous Music Album of the Year. Jerry's on keys. Got a taxi cruising down Main Street on a welfare Saturday night. You feel the squeal of the tires at the red light. You hear the click of the minivan doors locked tight. Take a stroll past a brother in the alleyway. Treat a low track sister to a smile. I'm sure you think that what you see is just the face of Indian City. Like, he really was, like, a musician and a songwriter in that he would write in many different genres, basically. So he could write, like, pop, R&B. Like, he was, I guess, a renaissance man in that he wrote for television. He wrote films. He wrote theater. You know what I mean? And then he wrote music for other people. Jerry had a big impact on Brendan's career, cashing in favors to get him studio time helping him create high-quality produced music. I mean, Jerry, he, like, provided you with tools to do it yourself, basically. Like, I, you know, made a conscious decision when I moved here that I was going to focus on rap um, because it's something that I could do on my own, basically. I didn't need anyone else, like, generally speaking. And I didn't know anybody, so I couldn't just hop in and play in a group and also I didn't have a drum kit so Jerry uh, got me a drum kit so I was able to start playing and practicing again and then from there I started linking up with musicians some of whom again Jerry introduced me to Ashley the bassist for Super Duty she was introduced to Brendan through his uncle Jerry and like those are pretty significant people in my life, actually. Well, Winnipeg is mourning the loss of an icon. But last year, Jerry passed away. This is Ismaila Alpha last November, back when he was the host of the afternoon show in Winnipeg. Jerry Atwell died on Saturday after having a heart attack on Friday. And while many will know Jerry as a, a real a fixture and a mentor in the Winnipeg music scene... He was so much more than just a musician here. He was um, a real community worker, a real community activist. He was also like a bit of an encyclopedia of Winnipeg's black history. And his family was part of that history. I spoke with him during Black History Month. I mean, he was playing a gig. And, you know, his week, like he had a weekly gig um, with his one of his bands that, called the hip boss band and essentially they were getting ready to start the gig and then he started to count like in the tune one two three raised his hand and fell over and he had a massive heart attack and yeah he died 24 hours later basically that was november 23rd 2019 this is jerry talking to ismila for black history month back in 2017 thinking as he often did about the next generation um, I, th- I think there's a lot more that unites people than, than divides them at this point. And that's very encouraging, and especially being spearheaded by younger people. The younger generation has really um, you know, embarked on a, cohes- a cohesiveness yeah. that transcends 
uh, the black community itself. They've reached out to many other communities. And it's not to say there's no obstacles, there's no barriers, but I think that, um, that you know, people are very much better poised to uh, embrace those and, and deal with them than may have been the case when I was a kid. But before Jerry, there were others in Brendan's family who made their mark. There was his grandpa's cousin, Winifred Atwell. You've had this a long time, haven't you? I have indeed. Well, you're going it to play. It looks it, doesn't it? It does, and all the bottle stains and everything, but it still plays well, and everybody knows it. It's your own piano, your special one. What are you going to play for us on that? Well, I thought the kids would like the poor people of Paris. I bet they would. It's lovely. I know the recording. Thank you very much, Winnie. The poor Thank people you. of Paris. Yeah, when I mean Winifred Atwell was a pianist. She was renowned for her ragtime and boogie woogie style. And yeah, she, you know, released she had record deals, released records, toured all over. I believe she was like huge in Australia. She was huge in Australia and the UK, selling over 20 million records. You know, Elton John credits her as being one of his big influences, as a matter of fact. Um, my first pianist hero was a woman called Winifred Atwell. This is Elton John talking about Winifred on the BBC just a few years ago in 2016. Who was very popular in the 50s and used to appear on television. And she would play a grand piano when she was doing something classical. And then she and now I'm going over to my other piano, which was a honky-tonk upright piano. And she would play, you know, pub songs. <laughs> And I loved her, and um, I wanted to play the piano. I wanted to be like her, and she had this beautiful smile and this beautiful face. When I first went to Australia, she'd moved there to be with her husband, and I met her. What was she and, like? And uh, it was one of the best things in my life, <laughs> um, because she was a hero, and she was the person that I really loved, because she played the piano so joyously, and she smiled. And, um, and she was very successful, incredibly successful, sold a lot of records. Winifred Atwell was the first black person to have a number one hit in the UK singles chart, which she did with this song in 1954. It's called Let's Have Another Party. She is still the only female instrumentalist to have made that list, and she did it twice. First, the time in 1954, then again in 1956. I've watched videos of Winifred playing on YouTube and she's mesmerizing. Every part of her body is moving as her fingers fly across the keyboard. She makes these cheeky grins and winks at the camera like she knows you're having as much fun watching her play as she is playing. And the list of musicians in Brendan's family goes on. Brendan's great-grandmother, Beatrice Brown, played the organ for her church and piano for silent movies at what's today known as the Burton Cummings Theatre in Winnipeg. Both of Brendan's parents are hobbyist musicians, and his mom studies and performs jazz throughout Cologne, Germany. And then there's Brendan's grandma, Frances Atwell. My grandmother was also a singer and pianist, and she would sing in competitions. By day, Frances was a scientist, 
she's widely considered to be the first black pharmacist in Manitoba. She was very sharp, very smart and very sharp, accomplished professional in her own right. While she was never a professional musician, like some of the rest of the family, she participated in the University of Manitoba's Glee Club and was a finalist for the Rose Bowl Vocalist Competition in 1948. And now Brendan is the next generation, following in their footsteps while doing entirely his own thing. I always wanted to have a live band, and that is Super Duty Tough Work. Like the rest of the members of his family, to understand Brendan, you need to understand his music, his vision, and his influences. I mean, I just wanted to play like high-quality hip-hop music with a live band, but have it sound not like a band. Like, I, like that's really kind of like so important to me, is, it, is to have it sound and feel like what I guess you would call golden era hip-hop. Like from their tagline, golden era taste, current era based, golden era hip-hop groups put out music in the early 90s, mostly from New York. Wu-Tang Clan, Run DMC, Public Enemy. They use sequencers and drum machines to get a sound that Super Duty creates with a live band. And there are tons of tributes to that era throughout Brendan's lyrics. I know you like Flavor Flay, but I'm just too Chuck D. All these Public Enemy references, because like, I was definitely influenced a lot by Public Enemy when I was younger. Listening to Super Duty is a bit like going on an Easter egg hunt through Brendan's mind. Here, soloist on a solo list, so quoting Rage Against the Machine. A soloist on a solo list. No there are references to other musicians from other eras. Cooking like Miles Solos. We talk about Miles Davis, we talk about OVO. You know, the movie Star Wars. And philosophers. You know, Emerson. Emerson comes up actually in a few of these songs. Power and speed be hands and feet. That's an Emerson quote. And I got that from a book that my grandfather gave me. Before going to music school, Brendan got a BA in sociology and international development studies. And he puts it to work. You have to know the history. And there's so much history to know, not just history of, 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 of the music, but history of like the culture and I mean essentially like history of the world. You know what I mean? Like those references, it's it's no different than like you know, when you write an essay, you cite your references. And that's essentially I'm doing the same thing. And that's just the references, because then there are the samples. We say that on every album, too. Be original. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Be original, you know? It's like, that's why In hip-hop, we sample. That's just how it is. That's like, you know, one of the pillars of the arts. Like, finding, finding, looking, finding, uh, you know, searching for those dope, samples the gems that like no one has used or everyone has used and using it differently or you know what i mean that perfect little phrase from a movie the super obscure reference and stuff like that is really a large part of the essence 
In a lot of hip-hop, sampling is about pulling a vocal hook or drum break. The samples Brendan uses? They're from interviews, like this one with Duke Ellington. Where did you get your ideas from? Your ideas? Oh, man, I got a million dreams. What is it? That's all I do is dream all the time. I thought you played piano. No, no, this is not piano. This is dreaming. I for sure like to reference and sample people that I look up to or admire or respect, for sure, 100%. And that's like, I mean, it's about carrying on tradition. If you look at who I've sampled, there's Duke Ellington, there's Nina Simone, there's Method Man, creatives or thinkers... I think it is important to show them respect and to salute them and to continue to center them, you know, when looking at like who are the leaders and heroes and heroines of this culture, essentially, or these cultures. All of the references in the music are significant. They tell their own story, but they're part of my story in terms of having an impact on me in some way. It is deep, and they're all deep for me. And now he's looking to tell that story in a new way. Brendan's grandma, Frances, the pharmacist singer, she passed away a few years ago. Brendan never saw her perform before she died, and he doesn't have any recordings of her music. But he knows somewhere in the piles of family archives, they exist. My uncle was the family historian. See, and I want to say that he actually ha- like had tapes that he would interview my grandmother and that he somewhere those tapes are existing with her telling her family history. And Brendan wants to find them. Like the interviews and references that speak to him in Studies in Grey, Brendan's hoping to sample something from his own family history. We head out to his cousin's place just outside of Winnipeg one day to try to find recordings of his grandmother singing. On the drive, we try not to talk too much about the Polaris, lest we jinx it. I'm here at my cousin's place uh, in the country, and we are going through um, some of my late uncle's boxes. He's got boxes and boxes of CDs, tapes, floppy disks, and all sorts of stuff. His cousin's basement is full of tapes. We pull them out. At Benatar, okay. Some eight tracks, and I'm, you know, looking for music that's been made by my family. So, what be it, my uncle or my grandmother, because like that is my lineage, and I think it's very like it would be very powerful to reinterpret their music in, you know, this contemporary form and do my own thing with it and over it. We hunt for hours through piles of tapes, but it's not looking good. He's been told if he were going to find anything of his grandmother's that it would be a record. But in the piles of music, 
There are no records to be found. Brendan's cousin is out of town, so we can't ask him. Like, I don't know where else they could be. <sighs> That's it. Where could they be if not here? I really don't know. I wonder. I hope he didn't give them away. But it's quite possible. Brendan plans to check in with his cousin when he's back to see where the records may be. The next time I see Brendan, it's over Skype. He's waiting for the Polaris longlist to be announced. I'm on my computer at home, and Brendan is at his place. All right, it's June 15th, 10.58 a.m. We are one minute and 10 seconds away from the Polaris long list announcement. And yeah, I guess we're hoping that we're going to be on that list. So here we go. Normally, we would gather together physically for this reveal. However, today we are people coming together virtually from places across Turtle Island, each with a specific history. Lido Pimienta, Miss Colombia. We wait and listen as different albums are announced. Joel Plaskett, 44. Album after album comes up, each one feeling like a little jolt. Sarah Harmer, are you gone? I find myself quietly hoping, for Brendan's sake, it'll be the next one. Or it'll be the next one. And then, Edmonton's Cadence Weapon, one of the few successful rappers to ever come out of Canada's prairies, appears on the screen. With the studies in gray album. Oh my god. Oh my god. And announces that Super Duty Tough Work has been long listed. Amazing. Thank you. I'm pausing this. I'll watch it later. Amazing. Congratulations. That's amazing. I'm very happy. My phone is blowing up right now. That's dope. That's dope, man. Is everybody texting you to wish you congrats? Yes. I won't I won't keep you. I'm sure you want to talk with lots of people right now, but that was really awesome to be a part of that with you. And huge congrats. Wow. Man, thank you. So Awesome. Enjoy. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, Megan. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Okay, bye. bye. Super Duty Tough Work has been longlisted with 40 other artists. The band has to wait now. In four weeks, the jury votes again, and the list will be whittled further down to the shortlist of only 10 artists. In that month, a lot happens. AC here. Coming up, the next layer of Brendan's music, his lyrics, which are carefully curated around the history he wants to call back to and the people he wants to lift up, but also the systems he wants to shake down. From CBC Podcasts and The Fifth Estate, Brainwashed is a multi-part investigation into the CIA's experiments in mind control. From the Cold War and MKUltra to the so-called War on Terror. 
we learn about a psychiatrist who used his patients as human guinea pigs and what happens when the military and medicine collide. Listen to Brainwashed on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. In the days following the long list announcement, Black Lives Matter rallies spread throughout the world after the killing of George Floyd by police officer Derek Chauvin. In Kelowna, BC, a surveillance video shows nursing student Mona Wang being dragged out of her condo by an RCMP officer and later stepped on during a wellness check. Toronto police officer Michael Thoreau is found guilty, and his brother Christian found not guilty, of assaulting Defonte Miller in 2016 while off-duty. And in Winnipeg, hundreds gather to grieve Aisha Hudson, a 16-year-old Indigenous girl who was shot and killed by police a couple months prior. Any one of these incidents could be referenced in a Super Duty song, which drops names left and right of people who've been met with violence by the criminal justice system. I'm trying to make a valuable, respected, recognized contribution to hip-hop culture, right? That's in line with the morals and ideas and essentially like ethics that, in my estimation, are part of hip-hop culture. In his lyrics, Brendan raps a searing social commentary, calling out misogyny, memorializing murdered Indigenous women, and railing against violence from police and systems of power. Like this track, called FTP, a song that shares its name with classic tracks by Jay Dilla, NWA, and Rage Against the Machine. Super Duty's take comes with its own disclaimer. The views expressed on this recording are solely those of the artists, and by no means do we encourage or condone violence against law officials. I mean, it it discusses police violence, racism in the criminal justice system, and all sorts of issues that are related to those things. Hey yo, on the count of three, say fuck the police. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah, fuck them. Applaud anybody that buck them. They bullies with immunity and terrors the function. Don't gotta be on corners to be dodging and ducking them. People say that, you know, our music and lyrics are like very political or radical or something of that nature but like i don't think what i'm saying is that radical quite frankly i think it might be radical for some people but that's part of the issue (laughs) i don't think that asking for change in areas of society that need change is that radical brendan calls out moments that stand out to him like colton bushy a 22-year-old Cree man who was shot and killed at close range by Gerald Stanley when Bushy and four others drove onto the farmer's property. And then they try to blame it on my hoodie. Complexion is a crime shave on Martin, Nicole, and Bushy. They got me on the edge and all they're trying to do is push me as they celebrate acquittals of my killers and my bullies. Stanley was acquitted. You know, I distinctly remember um the day the verdict came in and like the effect that it had on the people around me and like at the time I would say that it was quite close to home and it was 
important for me to draw the parallel between Colton Bushy and Trayvon Martin to highlight the similarities in talking in macro terms, what could be viewed as the struggle for black liberation and the struggle of indigenous sovereignty. Because yeah, those struggles I think are intrinsically linked and that should be acknowledged. Brendan thinks a lot about solidarity. It shows up in the people he chooses to play in the band, which shows they play, who they support, and who shows up in his lyrics. Blast shot direction of the judge for Cindy Gladue. Cindy Gladue was 36 and a mother of three. She was killed in an Edmonton hotel room. Her murder and the way the court treated her case, including the judge allowing an intimate part of her body into the courtroom as evidence, is incredibly horrifying. It's important to talk about Cindy Gladue because, like, if you look at that case, it's just like each detail is more horrific than the one before. And it's just like mind-boggling how much inhumanity is allowed by the just the so-called justice system on the face of this issue real problem is systemic from policies written to the way they're implemented neighborhoods police to disparities in your sentence what really struck me when i first heard super duty's music is the familiar names and the canada specific references like cindy gladju and colton bushy but also reconciliation and pipelines and blackface not just injustices in Canada, but in Winnipeg. Hip-hop is largely, like, uh, geographic. Where you are has a lot to do with your sound, your style, even what you talk about. So it wouldn't make sense, like, it only makes sense for me to be reflecting on the places that I'm, that I'm in. So I happen to be in Winnipeg, you know, that's why I'm talking about some things that happened in Winnipeg. But at the same time, like someone in wherever else in the world, like so many different places can relate to it because it's happening in wherever they are also. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Whose world is this? Yeah. A soloist on a solo list, notable. While most my foes disposable, we slow to grow, but gradually rose to be most quotable. My cup runneth over, drowning my overflow. A month later, the Polaris Music Prize announced their shortlist picks, and I called Brendan again. Yo, it's Brendan. It's July 15th, um, 5 p.m., and we just were tuned into the broadcast in which the Polaris shortlist nominees were announced. And yeah, unfortunately we were not on that list, but what else can I say? How are you feeling about it? I mean, obviously disappointed, but uh, at the same time, like not so surprised See, and this is the thing, like, about all of these, like, awards and recognition or whatever, like, you know, in theory, you're not doing it for those things. But, like, at the same time, so many people gauge your value on 
whether you have those things or not. So then, like, you start to want them. But, like, that's not why... That's not supposed to be why, like, you're doing whatever, making music or doing whatever creative thing that you're doing is, right? So, in theory, we just should not care and just make music because that's what we love to do. Um, I would say it is discouraging because... I think we had a very strong record and I think like like I said in the in today's political climate like we were essentially reflecting on that which is today tomorrow and yesterday but it's nice I guess to be recognized because we should be He knows his worth and that the group deserves recognition But as I get to know Brendan better, I think back to something he said in our first conversation when I asked him if there was a lesson or saying in his family that he applies to music making and life. Keep your eye on the prize. My mom would say that in terms of whatever it is, whatever it is. I want to say that that comes out of the civil rights era. That's like a distinct phrase that is recognized. Don't get distracted. Don't lose focus. Just, you know, keep your head down and keep moving towards your goal, essentially. Keep working and keep moving towards your goal, whatever that is. In the face of disappointment, Brendan does exactly that. Keeps his eye on the prize making the music he hears in his mind. And that means finding his grandma's recordings. It's August 8th, and I'm back here at my cousin's place. Hopefully, we're going to find, you know, what we're looking for this time. Brendan's not exactly sure what he's looking for, so he calls his parents on FaceTime to get a bit more information. Hello. Hi. I'm here with Megan from CBC. Hi. Oh, wow. Oh, God. If we'd known, we would have got dressed. Well, <laughs> it's being recorded on, it's, it's being recorded, not videoed, so you're safe. All right. Okay. So I'm looking, for, I'm at Sean's, I'm looking for these records, the recordings of Grandma. Yes. What am I looking for? Right. 78 round record, a, a very hard, uh, black, thick, heavy. So what is the title? Is there a label? Well, the one, yeah, there's a label in it. It would be, um, it would be T for two. T for two. Uh, and and Grandma was singing with Auntie Pat, I think. Okay. Good luck. Right. Good luck. Right. Thanks. We find the box of records in the one place we didn't look last time, in the basement, under the stairs, next to the furnace. We rifle through the box, pulling out the records one by one. We don't find tea for two, but we do find a record from his uncle Jerry that Brendan has never heard before. I think this is, I guess, a record that Jerry wrote called Steamy. There's no date. Through the night, 
Brendan goes into sampling mode, running the record forward, looking for something usable. sample that at the end there that's good that's that's good like that's definitely usable so yeah cool finding something new from jerry is pretty special the song that brendan found it was marked steamy as the track name after a bit of digging i found one entry about it online a youtube caption that said simply Savannah was a Winnipeg band in the late 70s, early 80s. The songwriter is the late, great Jerry Atwell. He was also the keyboard player. I believe the band released an album called The Book of Pride. That's steamy A breath that snaps the gold and turns the clouds away Yet doesn't try to stay That steamy Steam is for real She burns as if on fire We went back to Brendan's cousins two different cousins' places, several times to look for Francis Atwell's music. I hunted through the CBC archives, the University of Manitoba's, and even the city of Winnipeg's. Nothing. In all our searches, we never found any of Brendan's grandma's music. T for two seems to be lost to the ages, or the attic. But at one point, Brendan did find something else. After looking through piles of cassettes, he came across a tape labeled Mom in what looks like his Uncle Jerry's handwriting. The family arrived in Winnipeg That's my grandma. Uh, between June and July of 1905, the same year Eaton's opened its store. They came up from St. Paul, Minnesota and Superior, Wisconsin. It's Jerry's recordings of Francis interviewing her about the family history. Not what Brendan was hoping for, but it's something. Also, Mrs. Lucy's sister, uh, Mrs. Haynes, arrived with her husband. Still, Brendan has a vision, which means he won't give up. Yeah, I did not find any of her singing recordings that I was looking for. The search continues. Yeah. Yo, we good? You know what it is. All right, let's go. Super duty talk. I catch up with Brennan again a month later when he and the band are preparing for their first live show since COVID. It's an outdoor fundraising concert organized by Justice for Black Lives, 
A group of community organizers who a few months ago in June brought together thousands of people in Winnipeg to grieve and memorialize George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Regis Korchinski Paquette, DeAndre Campbell, and many, many more. Super Duty is choosy about which shows they play, but this gig feels like a good fit. The driving force behind the birth of this group was essentially throwing parties, having people come together, and having it be fun. And then, like, yes, you know, the, the politics just comes into the lyrics and the content because, like, it just does. But there's value and resistance in just getting together. The concert takes place on a fresh fall evening. People are gathered in clusters, wearing masks and catching up with each other. Performers keep referencing Super Duty's upcoming set. While their music hasn't yet received national accolades, it's clear they are beloved in Winnipeg. Everybody give it up for Super Duty Tough Ultimately, I'm realizing, I think, that that this is just, like, what I'm supposed to be doing. What are we doing? Giants have been quietly building, just check the track record. You f- 
I'm with the master class professor, pick a discipline kid, we intimate, chisel tips and instruments, and yeah, I used to never take initiative, but things change, now I'm like, is the wisdom quick, screaming, this is it, precision hits for Rhythm Nation, Citizen Smiths, mouths watering and fingers licked, while Vish, local can wash and flash in the pan, kids fizzle quick, I'm asking myself, when will we get it in, but for now, I'm content to say in my prayers on the drum, asking for sustenance off the labors of my love, something that means something, not that flavor of the month, it's like you gonna go my way, but yo, I'm always on the run, and I'm done, like Lenny Kravitz, son, she's like you gonna go my way, but girl, I'm always on the run, we building peace, by peace, yo, we rocking these beats, by speed, we my hands and feet, we don't fall, you know we don't crease while you're rocking it. From Super Duty Tough Work, that's Hypnotic, off their Polaris long-listed album, Studies in Grey. That doc was produced by Megan Mast. It was edited by me, A.C. Rowe, with Julia Poggle. Special thanks to Ty Harper from This Is Not a Drake Podcast for his advice on an early draft of this story. Most of the music featured in today's doc was from the album Studies in Grey by Super Duty Tough Work, unless otherwise noted. For photos of the band and to find more of their music, head to our website. We're at cbc.ca slash docproject. Also, gonna ask if you happen to have a copy of Frances Atwell singing Tea for Two, we would love to hear from you. She may have been listed as Frances Brown. Take a look through your records. CBC Music presented the Polaris Music Prize earlier this week. I am one of about 200 Polaris Music Prize jurors from across the country. And I highly recommend you take a listen to all the Canadian artists who made this year's long list. With, of course, special congratulations to this year's winner, Backwash, out of Montreal. That's all for us this week. The Doc Project is produced by Julia Poggle, Allison Cook, Tanera McLean, Kevin Ball, and me. Althea Manassin is our digital producer. Our senior producer is Jennifer Warren. And our executive producer is Joan Melanson. I'm AC Rowe. In a moment, I'm going to play you one more song off Studies in Grey, my favorite track. But no concert would be complete without meeting the band. So here's Brendan. So the band is Marisol, Ashley, Kevin, Olivier, Gabby, and then Anthony and Eamon. Marisol brings a certain harmonic texture, I would say, which is to my liking. Ashley holds down the low end and just like locks into the groove and just stays deep in the pocket. Kevin is just like providing the loop and like really kind of guiding uh, everything. Yeah, in addition to just being like the backbone, the pace, the heartbeat that knocks, he's also like the second band leader kind of. And Gabby provides the beautiful vocal aspects as well as her, like she's more in the bossa nova type background. Olivier is like hype man and just like almost like the cherry on top. You know what I mean? He just comes in at the right point, comes in when it's time to blow a quick solo, or like comes in with that melody that just, like I said, is the cherry on top of everything. Anthony and Eamon are also just like strong players and fun to be around. So 
Anthony, you know, he, he also sings, so he might break out the singing. And then he's he's also kind of like doing some hypeness, controlling the crowd. And Eamon is the striker. When I need to score a goal, pass him the ball, and he scores the goal. And by scoring goal, I mean like take a blistering solo, entertain the crowd, like take the crowd, you know what I mean, to the next level, impress them with his chops and melodic choices. There, I like different songs for different reasons. I like the song Bounty. It immediately hits you and you know like, okay, this is nice. I like the lyrics a lot because it's like referencing people, events, like ideas, music, books, all this stuff, you know what I mean? So to me, I just like the references in that song. Yeah. Yo, we good? You know what it is. All right, let's go. Super Duty Talk for me. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.